Hey everybody, thanks for checking out this week's episode of My First Sketch at MyFirstSketch.com. I'm Josh Hyam. As always, feel free to subscribe to the show on iTunes or on SoundCloud to get it automatically. You can catch the show on the Stitcher app if you use that. If you like using YouTube to listen to audio for whatever reason, I've been uploading the episodes there as well. Like the podcast on Facebook at Facebook.com slash MyFirstSketch. My email is josh at myfirstsketch.com and follow me on Twitter at myfirstsketch. Here's your weekly reminder that My First Sketch will be live during Philly Podfest on July 23rd at Philly Improv Theater's second stage. It's a 4.30 p.m. Sunday afternoon show. And the guests for that live edition will be the incredible shrinking Matt and Jackie. Tickets are available at myfirstsketch.com slash July 23. But today's guest is Mike Butler. Currently a member of Adventure Friends, his first sketch is called Fictional Moments in Breakfast History, about the creation of Thomas's English Muffins. Ross Regan and Jonathan Forsader played Joey and Tommy, and Mike Butler reprises the role he played when it was first done on stage as the offstage Maria. And per usual... I tell you whatever visual information you need to know. So let's get to the sketch. Interior kitchen. Joey is sitting at the kitchen table eating a buttered English muffin. Tommy is standing by the kitchen counter watching him eat. Maria is off stage. Both are wearing guinea tees and black slacks, like they're from the late 1800s, early 1900s, New York as uh, Italian immigrants, but they speak like modern-day Jersey Shore Italians. Tommy, this muffin is freaking amazing. Here, you like it? They're goddamn delicious. I've never seen anything like them in my life. You make these? Sure did. Been working on these for a while now. Dude, what are these little holes in here? What? The nooks and crannies? Yeah, they're great. It's like you're giving the butter a place to hide. You should try it with jam. Tommy, are you talking about those goddamn muffins again? Maria, please, I'm showing them to Joey. Oh, God, I love her, but sometimes I just wanna... Mime's choking and backhanding Maria. How do you split these open? Don't look like no knife did this. They're fork split. You just jab a fork all around and it opens right up. Dude. That's genius. Actually, I got the idea from you. Remember what you told Bobby Piccolini if you ever caught him with your sister again? Yeah, I told him I'd split his goddamn freaking head open with a fork. Freaking genius, dude. These things are gonna be huge. I know, right? I'm gonna make a damn fortune with him. No one cares about your goddamn muffins, Tommy! For the love of Christ, Maria, could you be supported for once in your life? These muffins are our ticket out of here. So, uh, what are you going to call these things? Tommy's Italian Muffins. Joey does not look impressed. What? What's wrong? Eh, I don't know. Uh, it's not clicking with me. No one's going to buy muffins from a goddamn Italian, Tommy! I swear to the Virgin Mary yourself, Maria. You say another word, I will slap you so hard your relatives in Sicily will hear it. She's got a point. No one's going to buy muffins from an Italian. All right, smart guy. Who would you buy muffins from then? Ah, I don't know. An Englishman? 
an Englishman, eh? Then say hello to Mr. Thomas and his delicious English muffins. Joey and Tommy high-five each other. No one's calling you Mr. Thomas, you crap ass! God damn it, Maria! Blackout. Hey, Mike. Hey, how you doing? All right, so tell me about the sketch. Uh, this was born out of just a random factoid that somebody told me that Thomas's English muffins are not actually English. Um, they were made by an American. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. And so, so I, I just thought, well, if I did an English guy didn't make them, who, who would have? And then I just thought of that. Yeah. Cause, um, Thomas's English muffin, Thomas's, oh my God. Thomas's. Thomas's English muffins. Uh, I remember them. I had a, a copy of uh, Mu- Great Muppet Caper that I had, we had taped off of television. And I watched that a lot, right. and it still had all the commercials in it. And for whatever reason, Thomas's was like every other commercial break. Mm-hmm. So I completely remember, you know, the old English like, like With the, the nooks and crannies. The, yeah, the the commercial is very much about it being actual British food. But it's, but it's not. No, uh, I, I don't know where I got the factoid from. Probably someplace on the internet. <laughs> sure. Is, is it, but no, but I, but I was eating Thomas's English muffins for breakfast a lot, a lot of mornings. <laughs> and so that, that's stuck in my head. Um, so I what, might have been offended by, that, by them not being British. You, you've uh, fallen victim to a ruse. Yeah, it happens. Uh, when was this written? Uh, this was written, um, Facebook reminded me of this. It was written uh, about 2012, 2013, because I, I performed this. This I picked this one because this is the first thing I did at SketchUp, and this was 2013 at the Shubin. Okay. Um, Facebook reminded me of that because I put a post up. Hey, I finally got a SketchUp at SketchUp. <laughs> and uh, yeah, Tom Whitaker and Joe Spampanat. Spampanato uh, volunteered for that. And I okay. was Maria behind the curtain. Okay. Um, so that's, I, I know you listen. I know you, so you. I might be your regular listener n- here. All so, right, so calm now. down. There's other people. You're not the only one. Cool out. Like, uh, so you're going to know the questions before I do. Um, mm-hmm. Growing up, what did you watch? What were you into? Oh, I watched a lot of stuff. Um, I rem- uh, There was, that was the golden era of the sitcom. So, uh, that was, uh, so there was the, the Thursday night must see TV when it was, yeah. it was Cosby. Uh, they, I think they put family ties there at eight thirty. cheers at nine and then night court at nine thirty. So like cheers and night court, that whole Thursday night was, were they, were they putting that run as must see TV yet? Was that, like, that might've been, that was like the start. Was about, that was like, that might've been the start of must see TV okay. or, uh, that's where they got the idea that, hey, Thursday night is where right. we put all our heavy hitter shows. Um, yeah, because I, I, think, I think all of my experience with all those shows is just in syndication, just being, you know, everywhere else on, you know, the UHF channels growing up. Right. Because um, I, ne- I never really saw them live because, I don't know, I, just, I wasn't up or... No, well, uh, I was, I'm all, well, I'm older than you. Older than you <laughs> a lot older than you think. Um, I will tell you how old, and you will be surprised. No, I wouldn't. I'm 38. I I was going to say 37. Like, <laughs> um, so yeah, so that was I was in so about like when Cheers went off the air. What was that like 93? I was graduating eighth grade. Right. 
so it's sitcoms. Like. So it's sitcoms, and then uh, I watched a lot of Monty Python as a kid. Either it was on PBS or cable. Mm. It would pop up. SCTV, Saturday Night Live was the you know the standard, and I watched that through through the eighties into the nineties. Um, Mystery Science Theater came out. It was about ninety two, ninety three, where uh, when Comedy Central hit. Right. And I remember just I remember being about what was it twelve about, from like eleven to thirteen. You kind of grew up in that age where it's like, oh, I don't want to watch cartoons anymore, but I got to watch something on TV. <laughs> you still want to be a little silly about it. Yeah, I still want to be. Yeah, I'm not I'm not in I'm not watching the news, but, you know, but I, I think I might have grown out of cartoons here. I'm, I'm reaching, you know, that you don't want age, the age of 12. You don't want to go to totally serious TV. So you need something to bridge that gap. Right. And, and I so guess I just, Mystery Science Theater is a decent. Right. Well, just watching Comedy Central all day, which it was, it was all Monty Python. Saturday Night Live, right? I mean, uh, all like like stand up uh, the the stand up clip shows like from Short Attention Span Theater. Yeah, because I mean, you mentioned like it's the golden age of the sitcom, but like you're also like at the advent of Comedy Central, mm-hmm. where I didn't have cable growing up, and if I had Comedy Central, like that's all I would be doing. Like that would be my entire life. That, that was pretty much Which, a lot, yeah. Yeah, like um, and, and yeah, up th- up through uh through through high school, and I was also the time uh. When Ren and Stimpy first hit, mm-hmm. and uh, Beavis and Butthead, yeah. Um, which so that so then you're gonna go back into cartoons because yeah, there was that yeah, it was like yeah, we're gonna we'll go back into cartoons because these ones are, are Cause weird. Simpsons and, and, proved that cartoons yeah. can be for adults too, and exactly <laughs> all the other networks started going back that way. Um, gr- like growing up through the advent of like Comedy Central, is there something specific that you remember as being like really huge for you? Mystery Science Theater was huge because it it's it, it kind of it, it is it was the formative show of, mm-hmm. of my of my upbringing because over the course of two hours it was just a, such a barrage of like jokes and references right. and uh, and pro- and other people who've talked about the show like on interviews will tell you like the more you know about not just culture but other things the more jokes you got. Yeah. the funnier the show was so i and uh, yeah that that affected me i was like yeah, yeah i want i want to know more about stuff so then i can so i can get more references and the show becomes funnier yeah i i never watched mr science theater like the original run mm-hmm. um and i i don't know i've only seen a couple episodes since then uh i've seen a a good chunk of the new series with jenna ray um, and there's a part of, and part of me as I watch it, I'm just like, there's a lot, of, there's a high joke per minute ratio mm-hmm. and it's way more referential than I, than I realized it was like, I, cause you know, I didn't have that experience of the original to the point where I'm like, how much is this going to survive three years? Like, like how much, how much does the reference live on? as a joke instead of just like, instead of just like as a date it. Like, it depends on the reference. Um, I, oh, I'm sure. I, I do recall the, you know, the original run of mystery science theater when it had references, it didn't necessarily rely on current references. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't trying to be topical, right? but it would harken back to references that were part of a shared experience for people. Mm-hmm. I think. So, I mean, yeah, when Joel was running the show, uh, I think there was a lot of more references to, like, uh, 
70s television mm-hmm. that he grew up on going into the 80s. So there's a lot more references to that in movies and, and such. Um, Are you a Joel guy or a Mike guy? Oh, I don't get into that fight. They're, they're two different. It's, <laughs> it's two different flavors. Joel is, is a much more easygoing mm-hmm. host. Mike was a bit more pointed. Yeah. So it's, you know, what, Again, what think, flavor ice cream do you want that I day? think I've only seen Joel episodes, so that's just my complete I inexperience. Go, but I say you can't go wrong with either. I'm not. Like there's, there's no dip in quality. There's just a dip it's in. Not, it's not a dip in quality. It's, it's, a, different, uh, it's, 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 a, dip, it's a different style. It's a yeah. different, it's, you know, they were starting out. They, they, got, they got going. Joel left. They kept going. Uh, they, they lost people. They added people. Yeah. Um, but it's still, I still. I still love Turkey Day when they uh, when they run episodes on Thanksgiving. Mm. Uh, that was uh, when they they stream them online now, and I'll sit there and watch and them on Thanksgiving. There's a bunch on Netflix now, I think, with the, the yeah. new series going on. Yeah. Um, all right, so Saturday Night Live, you mentioned watching it with Comedy Central and everything. Who's your favorite cast member? Dana Carvey. Dana Carvey. I've, I've, I've thought about this because I was in a podcast a lot, and a lot of people want to say Phil Hartman. I say that's what your brain says. I want to say what what does your instinct <laughs> say? What does your instinct say? What is what is not necessarily your heart? What is your instinct? Say? I, I think <laughs> a lot of the people that say Phil Hartman, I think we say it because we are so in in comedy, so we see all of his positive attributes. Like mm-hmm. like Phil Hartman at that time is someone that can do anything. Like he's He's the perfect role player for that kind of show, mm-hmm. but he's not necessarily always the funniest. He's not always, he's generally the straight man more often than not, like, uh, or at least, you know, playing the dad, playing the husband. Like there's a lot of roles where he's not the, the comedic shining star. Dana Carvey generally mm-hmm. is the funniest person in the sketch right. in most of his sketches. Yeah. And that's what I gra- and That's what I latched on to. Yeah, like, church lady, the cranky old man on a weekend update. <laughs> which is, <laughs> uh, and we liked it. Yeah, uh, yeah I re- like the first time I saw that. I think it was like you know some compilation best of. I don't think I've ever seen like a full segment of that of that character. But he was talking about like some her- like hurricane. And a piece of wood going through his head, and like, and we liked it. And then he would like, he was miming, holding the pieces of wood, and dancing with it with his head bob. And it's just so stupid and weird, but I loved it when I first saw that. Um, all right, so what else are you watching until you get to, like, as you grow as up? I grow up. All right. Well, SCTV was on as well. Kids in the Hall was on. Comedy Central had a lot of like just shows that like lasted like maybe a year. Um, yeah, because Comedy Central didn't do much original programming. No, the original no. program that they did was mostly like wraparound of clip shows. Yeah, like, it was clip. Yeah, short it was, attention it was span. Clip shows and, and Mystery Science Theater, which was running out of Minnesota. Um, there was that. There was that. There was a sketch show called Almost Live out of Seattle. I, I've Bill, heard. I've heard that. Bill Nye. Bill got Nye. I think Joel McHale got his start on that yeah, show Yeah, he, he was on later on the show. Yeah, um, but I don't know if it was on comedy. He might have not been on Comedy Central anymore. But I do. I, I clearly recall that show, uh, hmm. Exit Fifty Seven, which was Colbert's right the sketch, yeah. sketch show with uh, before uh, Strangers with Candy. The yeah, where he had just left, or he might still have been part of Second City. 
while he was at X and 57, but, um, all right. So how do you, what is your entry point to live comedy and doing it? Um, where, where do you go from fan to participate? I went to college. I went to Cabrini college over in in Radnor Mm -hmm. and they had an improv group. Okay. And I'm a freshman in college. I don't know what to do. I go see the improv show and I realize, Oh wait, this is whose line is it anyway? I watch this all the time on comedy central. Right, short, for, short form yeah. improv. Yeah, I was about it, to ask if if whose line was a thing yet. Like, yeah, no, it was. Run, it was the running. The British from, would have been it on. Was, it was, it was running already. from the beginning of Comedy Central. It was, yeah, I remember the early episodes where Clive Anderson was really uptight. Yeah, <laughs> hosting the show in the early days, and then he, then they loosened up, changed the set, and it was all good. Yeah, no, that ran through all through high school. So I got to college. It was an improv group. I needed something to do. I didn't know what to do freshman year, so I joined that. Mm-hmm. Um. And I stayed on that uh, that troop for about until junior year. Okay, um, that's where I met Jess Snow and Matt Holmes because they came in a year after me. Okay, and they joined the and they joined the the uh, Cabrini troop, um, and they stayed till graduation. I had left junior year to do other stuff on col- on the campus because I kind of burned out on improv by two thousand the year two thousand. Mm-hmm. So I did radio and newspaper stuff. Um, so then I graduate college. I work data entry and at a radio station okay um i was a weekend board op for these uh broker talk shows on on the weekend over at 9 50 a.m uh that, that like what's that now that's it's i uh, is it Depor- is it espn deportes now or no that's, that's, that's that, 12 10 no, that's, it's, it's that's, like, that's, no. that's one of the channels that have had multiple format changes yeah, no, in the yeah, last because when years. i stuck because it was wpen 950 they played standards which were songs that were older than oldies mm-hmm. during the day but on the weekends they sold time to people to have their own talk shows <laughs> um so i was board opping uh shows such as dining around with frank and mary jelinek I was like, are these like crazy pants or are they just? No, 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 no. That, for the most part, they weren't crazy pants. Uh, uh, the Jelnicks and uh, their their daughter and son-in-law who ran the show, they were the nicest people. Mm-hmm. Um, then there was the there was the car the car show with uh, Michael and Frank Delario. They were car dealers out of Ambler. Um, they were supposed to talk about cars, but I think they just just dicked around for two hours. It was like, whatever you bought so, the time. Uh, so it wasn't necessarily like public access where any pop, any, no, no, weirdo. no, no. You had the, you had the broker time. I mean, like in, had, between, in between those shows, we were either running like, uh, we were running like infomercials. There had to be a real, or, or, yeah, they were yeah. running info or like live infomercials for like for quack doctors or, or, uh, or supplement people. Mm-hmm. Um, later I got to later, uh, the car guys left and I actually was uh, running the board for councilman Frank Rizzo jr. Okay. Not his dad. His dad had been dead for 10 years Okay. Uh, by the time Frank Rizzo was on. Uh, so it was him, and I, I ran his show, after, and then the station changed formats to oldies, and then they changed to sports talk. Mm. Um, so then I started doing a – so then for like a year, I was board hopping uh, sports talk shows and a Frank Rizzo show because he, he paid up for the year, mm-hmm. uh, okay. I guess. So he was still doing the show. And then about – uh, 2006, I think they they started cutting uh, board ops. That's where I met Andrea Duffy. She okay. w- she was working at 95.7 at the time. Hmm. So it was like it was the weirdest thing when I saw her join up for an imp- saw her in the the Adrian lobby and she signed up for an improv. I was like, what? I haven't seen you in like five years. What are you doing here? <laughs> All right. So you you mentioned that you you stopped the improv. Mm-hmm. Uh, you stopped doing the improv group at college and junior year. Right. Where do you get back to it? 
I get back to it in about 2010, and the likely story that you, I think you've heard a lot on these things. I was unemployed at the time. Uh, that is a recurring theme. Yeah. I was unemployed, um, and I really needed something else to do with my time other than job searching. Um, so at the time, Just Snow had put up something on Facebook about uh, the theater doing a fundraiser. And I think, and I looked at as it, and it like, I looked at the theater and I was like, maybe I should take an improv class and try to get back was uh, that into the first doing things. Was that the first attempt to get a permanent space? Yeah, that they were fundraiser. Yeah, they were still in the shoe. They were still in the shoe bin, and this was the f- yeah, and this this was the first shot at getting a, a space, and like people forgot about it for like the longest time. Right. So that was late. Two, that was about 2010. Right. Because okay. Because in 2010, for the, a lot of the people that real that are only used to the fit being at the Adrian, Philly Improv Theater rented out space at the shoe bin. They were doing like four nights a week, two weeks of the month. Right. And that was it. Like occasionally they could get the whole month. Yeah. Yeah. Like like one month, one or two months, maybe in the summer or maybe yeah. again in the fall, they would get the whole month. But it was only two weeks out of the out of the month. And it was I think it might have been like like Thursday. it was the Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. It was Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah, and then right. And then uh you had a couple house teams. There were a few house teams at mm-hmm. that point of, of improv. There no were sketch. there was no sketch. There were no teams. sketch house teams, but there were sketch shows because you still had Secret Pants, Camp Woods, right? A couple other groups happening. Yeah, and then like the show that I would go, and then you also had like TV Party, Guilty mm-hmm. Pleasures, uh, Chip Trantry's One Man Show for a while. Right, like it, it. It wasn't the weekly, nightly fit that we know now. Like right, it, they were still getting up to speed. They were carving out their space, and they were raising money that are all right. We want to do more, but we're going to need a permanent space. So they started. So they did a fundraiser. And I remember, I gave some amount of money to it, not a lot. Right. So I didn't get. I didn't. I'm not waiting for my plaque. <laughs> like other people are waiting for their for their stuff for that. But and then and then the same thing with the permanent space now. There were whatever classes that were offered were offered at random spots all yep. over the city. All right. So do you do the classes like, uh, no, my, well, my classes are all at the Adrian. Okay. So, so they, so by I'm, I'm like a, I'm like a weird middle generation where it's like, I wasn't like one of the first ones in right. where like, all right, we're, we're doing, you know, class over at a art gallery that's closed right now. Cause that was or, my sketch. One Oh one was in an art gallery. Right. Or down at the, at the, uh, or that place in Rittenhouse, the human. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember what it's called, but yeah. Some humanity center or something. Um, no, all of ours were at the Adrian, but at the time they, they weren't as regular as they are now. So mm-hmm. you just had to wait till the class that popped up on your schedule, uh, that you could schedule in yeah. came up. So that's why it took me two years to go through the curriculum. A lot of people are getting through it at like a year now. All right, so uh, sketch one. I mean, improv one hundred and one. Improv one hundred and one. Kristen Shear. Kristen Shear. Two hundred and one. Mike Marbach. Three. Uh, Greg Mon. Four. Kristen Shear again. Conservatory. Uh, Steve Kleinedler. We were Hydra a year before the Captain America movie came out. Okay. So, but it's not like Hydra is not a like. People, it's not a word. Well, well yeah, but Hydra. We, uh, we I picked Hydra because the the form we did was it, 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 I thought it more it resembled the seven headed beast. Okay. Uh, what form, was the actual form? The, of? the format where it was uh, we everybody lines up and we t- 
each person steps forward and says the first line of a of a story okay. that they want to that they want to tell about something about the topic we pulled from the audience. Um, and so in this show, each each person would go say the first line, and then somebody would come up tell their story. They would do three scenes about about words that came up in that story. Then the, then somebody else in the line would come up tell their story. You do three scenes. And this would go on until everybody told their story. Everybody lined up, said the first line of their story again, and then we do a run of, of just chaotic scenes, hearkening back to all the stories that happened. It was like a 45-minute show. Okay. So you, we could run so three scenes over seven stories. That's 21 scenes to begin with, plus however many you got through the run. You're, you're looking at like a 30-scene improv show in 45 minutes. Okay. Um, where does uh, – so you have Masher. You've, you get I the house team. Yes. Yeah. I, uh, it, yes. Uh, but that didn't come until uh, 2000. Uh, I didn't get cast on that until the late 2014. Then we started 2015. Okay. Because um, I think. I have a long track record of not getting on house. Plans. I was about to say, like, because I, I, if I remember correctly, you were one who auditioned for everything, like basically everything. Uh, yes. And then. I was. With the Masher audition, I was one for six. <laughs> and then wow. after Masher was cut and I auditioned for the, the, the groups that replaced us, that makes me one for seven. Oh, that's all right. You get the one. The one's the important part. Nah. All right. Uh, Adventure Friends. Adventure Friends. Is your main sketch property at this point, or yes. at least your main sketch idea. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's the only thing I'm doing right now. Right. It's, it's you... <laughs> It, but it, it, it didn't start as you, Quentin, Shannon, and Nina. Like No, it started as uh, Jen Curcio's Jen Curcio and Friends. Right. She put the show together to do a sketch, Harold. And mm-hmm. I knew Jen Curcio because we were in uh, page one together. And okay. we were friends through improv anyway. And she said, yeah, you're, you're weird. Come on, do this, <laughs> do this sketch show. Which, I'm all right, that's, that's fine. Okay, um, the first time that I, well, I mean, you, you say a word that, that stopped with that. Uh, first time I saw Adventure Friends... I didn't know you guys were doing a Herald. I was just, there was a... a You're just saying, we, we, we're calling back the scenes? You, yeah, and there, there was a weird cadence to me where I was like, these are callbacks, but they're not quite call... Like, I didn't know mm-hmm. there was a Herald. So let's talk about the Herald as a, as a sketch form. Right. Where does this come from, like, other than being um, improv well, people? It was, Jen, yeah, so Jen Carcio says, what if we do a sketch show like the Herald? And the Herald is just a format for improvisers to use to structure a show. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it usually consists of an opener that, you know, sets the, sets the mood. You get, that's where people get the suggestion right. and ideas are, ideas are mined mm-hmm. through whatever opening process it is. It's a story, it's word association, it's a song, it's, it's whatever they're comfortable with. And then you do three scenes based on the information from there. And then there's like uh, a filler in between to break it up. Mm-hmm. And then three other scenes that either relate directly back to that other scene uh, or tangentially related to that scene or the themes of that scene. Yeah. It, there, there's a connection to it where the audience goes, oh, wait, I can recognize this. We're building off of this previous idea. Mm-hmm. And, you know, ideas are heightened, the ideas are explored fun is had and then there's one more uh, group game filler before the ending where things start tying together right or things 
conclude. Um, and and most of the Adventure Friends shows still hold to that Harold format for the most like, part. Yeah, we started we started we hadn't done it in a while, um, but we started getting back into it uh, with this with our uh, latest show mm. that we did at Philly Sketch Fest. Right. The what is it? Panera. No one no one de- no one deserves to die at a Panera because I've just been calling it Panera. Like yeah yeah. You don't have to say <laughs> the whole thing. Yeah, it's, it's not the my pan- show. It's, the, it's it's the Panera. You show. have to know the full title of it. I don't. Right. Uh, <laughs> um, because I, I noticed that there was that weaving again mm-hmm. of, um, which is going to be the show that's happening at, at fit, but doing a Herald like this, instead of improving it out and, and writing it, what is the, the, um, the process for you guys? It, it usually comes from just a basic either word or idea. I mean, this, the, this current show, the Panera show came from a conversation I had online with Jen Curcio. Mm-hmm. And she was talking about an incident she she had witnessed at a cozy, and us doing, uh, you know, dicking around online, right. bouncing jokes about each other. I wrote down, "No one deserves to die at a Panera," and we found that very funny. And Quentin said, "We're doing a show about that." Okay. And so that's how we got the title for the show. And they're all right. So now we have a title for the show. <laughs> now build off of that. What does what does Nobody deserves to so, die at a Panera. So meeting. that was your theoretical suggestion from the audience, like right? Um, we we've done things where we just shot a word at each other, like uh, one of our sketch heralds was about fire, mm. and we just said, "All right, though the word is fire, let's go write some sketches. What does fire make you think of? Start writing sketches about that." And uh, that's that's pretty that's been, that's pretty much it. There's not that much to it i mean it, it, it's it's just kind of a, 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 something strikes you and go hey do we want to do a sketch herald just based off of this this title this mm-hmm. word this feeling um that's and then we just and then we go from there or i go from there because i do a lot of writing i'm a very prolific writer as quentin and shannon go mike just throws down a bunch of scripts and <laughs> uh with okay so it was uh jen curcio and friend curcio, and, curcio right yeah jen curcio jen curcio and friends uh how does that evolve into the current uh, Adventure Friends? Uh, Jen moves to LA. Right. Um, so we we did a, we did we did at least two shows together as Jen Curcio and Friends. And so after Jen leaves for LA, uh, Shannon and Quentin uh, uh, get in touch with me and I say, Hey, we we want to keep going. You know, doing these sketch heralds, and you mm-hmm. know, we worked well together. We had fun together, and. Uh, we decided, all right, we'll keep going. And Adventure Friends was based off of uh, a car- was off of I was a sketch say, from, I, I, from the, from yeah, the first I show. That we Quentin did. saying that was that it's a, a nod to a, a previous sketch. Yeah. Um. And okay, so I had seen the the Panera show at Sketchfest, and it's written. You and Quentin have the writing credit writing credit on it. Right. But you also do stuff online with Shannon like there's a couple of videos yeah there's the uh, future women of science uh, uh, series mm-hmm. uh, that's uh, how many episodes of that it was about 10 or 11 10 11 episodes of that where does that come from uh, that came from I had sent Shannon a video of if you remember the game portal 2 no I'm not I'm not a gamer not so a gamer. I don't okay know. well portal 2 uh, I, I know the thing I know it exists yeah, I've heard that word before but right. but uh, in uh, in promoting the game, they came out. They had they made these uh, pr- product videos of the company that's involved in the game. Okay. And, vo- and it's voiced by J.K. Simmons. Okay. So he's so he's selling these turrets that shoot the entire bullet at people, 
and can be used to keep babies safe. And so he's, he's, going, he's talking about science, the latest technology is here, and uh, it, it just it, it involved with science. And then I just started thinking of Shannon wearing a lab coat and an eye patch. <laughs> so, uh, so that was the... Right, the start because, of that. yeah, it, it, it was also about the time Whiplash came out, so there was the scenes of J.K. Simmons just yelling at people, mm-hmm. which we found hilarious. And Shannon was like, "Yeah, this, this is, these are your <laughs> just, scenes." Mike. Just keep going with it. These okay. are your scenes of J.K. Simmons just telling people he's going to rip their heads off. Um, and also during the, and I was thinking, all right, well, I want to talk, you know, get Shannon talking about science <laughs> with that sort of J.K. Simmons uh, patter. Mm-hmm. And I thought of future women of science because at the time there's a lot of new stories out of it. We need to get more women in STEM, in, in science and technology and engineering and mathematics. So they're, all right, well, there's the angle. Here's, we're going to make a bunch of instructional videos mm-hmm. where Shannon, as Dr. Emily Trocadero, tries to convince women to get more into science and how does science apply to your life. Okay. Um, and then with, with Adventure Friends, I mean, I, and I know for a while there were guest actors in and out, mm-hmm. but you, you've basically been that foursome for the last year or so. Like. Yeah, once we added Nina full time, yeah, um, we decide. I think we decided to simplify things and just have the four of us instead of trying to go out and and recruit people. Yeah, um, which you know, we, you know, we've we've had some success from varying, uh, you know, various degrees of success getting people. We, we had a uh, uh, Catherine Amrine. Mm-hmm. And, Andrea Susnick, uh, Jake Matera was in there, Pat Reber, and everything. Right. Um, I, I think, because I, I think that, yeah, the first time I saw Adventure Friends, there was like seven people. Like, there was a, a, a lot. We, like, yeah, we, we'd gotten like, a lot. There were a couple other guest actors that. Yeah, we, we, yeah, we were splitting up the work a lot because um, um, we had, we, the way we wrote the sketches, like, we have this many people we need for sketches. We want to break them up so yeah. people are, are good to, uh, you know, aren't overwhelmed with trying to remember lines. Yeah, I remember my lines. I've read a lot of dialogue. Uh, all right. So, uh, so with with that, I think am I missing anything with sketch? Like, um, well, the one thing I did, well, Vagina Mite wasn't Adventure Friends. That was my own solo project, right? Which uh, which had the Adventure Friends in it, right? No. But I I had always wanted to write a, a, a sketch magnum opus, so to speak, mm. and and I did. That was right after I'd taken Sketch 101 with Joe Moore. Oh, we didn't talk about that. No, no. Is, I, that, is that all you did, just the 101? I only did 101. Uh, yeah. Because okay. the 201s at the time. When, when was 101 with you? 101 was uh, about late 2014 into 2015. Okay, so it's pretty early in Joe's time as an instructor, I think. Maybe. It might be. I'm not, I'm not, I might be uh, making that up. That's, oh, I did that out. I That's wrong. Um, I liked him. Was there anyone else in that sketch class that that is still doing things? Or uh, Nina was in that sketch class. Okay. That's how I met her. Okay. And I was like, "Hey, you're cool. You, you want to <laughs> be, be in some shows?" And she's like, "Yeah." And uh, we like, "We like you. Stick around." Gene hmm. uh, Meyer was also in that class. Okay. Stand up, Gene Meyer. Um, and then what? All right. As we're wrapping up, what? The, you know the the pat questions that ask everyone uh what's something that you've learned from comedy either you know a life lesson or just something practical that you'd pass on to you just never know where you're going to meet the people you work with Mm -hmm. and the people who will stick around and do stuff with you um we met during promania yeah that's how we know each other and that's how i met 
people that I work with, I work with to this day and are good friends with. That's where I met Joe Moore. That's where I met Greg Gethard. That's where I became really good friends with Joe Gates mm-hmm. um, and Jana Savini and all that and all those. So it's like people that I still work with and call friends today. They can come. You can get. You can just meet people doing things and. You don't know if you're going to meet people or not, but that's where it happens. So you just never know. Just go, just do things and see what happens. And then uh, you'd start doing improv in college. Uh, why, why do you keep doing comedy now? Why is it still a thing for you? It's, it's where I express myself, and it also gives me something to do. Um, if, if I figure out, like, what, what, I'll, what else would I be doing other than comedy, other than writing for Adventure Friends and doing Adventure Friends shows and, and all that. What else would I be doing? What, how else would I be creatively uh, gratifying myself, so mm-hmm. to speak? I mean, you know, there's, you've got structures in your life. Here's your professional uh, career. Here's your personal life. Here's your creative, yeah. uh, you know, here's the creative leg of the table. You keep them all in balance. Well, that's only three, so it's a stool at, at this point. There still. might be a fourth. There might be a fourth one in there. I, is there a spiritual light? Maybe you have a spiritual light. Okay, okay, spiritual. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, we'll, we'll call so, spiritual light for a fourth. Professional, personal, spiritual, creative. Okay. And so that, and so writing for Adventure Friends, and doing it, and, and, and working with Shannon, working with Quentin, and working with Nina, mm. and, and, and doing all the things, doing dirtiest sketch, doing vagina light, doing all that. It's fulfilling, it's creatively fulfilling, and it makes me, and I feel good about it. And when I'm sitting in a Starbucks for three hours, typing on a laptop, coming up with stuff, I, I, it feels good to then put that stuff on stage and let people see it. It's better to be the guy in, in Starbucks typing that people are actually going to see that stuff instead of <laughs> the, the failing aside from s- that, screenwriter. Aside that's from that novel, yep, that, that National Novel Writing Month uh, project that just won't, <laughs> that just won't, just won't gel. All it right. just won't go. Thanks, Mike. Thanks. Mike can be seen next with the rest of the Adventure Friends as they present No One Deserves to Die at Panera, opening for Goat Rodeo on Thursday and Friday, June 22nd and 23rd at Philly Improv Theater. Both of those shows are at 8.30, and tickets are available at fitcomedy.com. And we're still about a month away from my first sketch going live as part of Philly Podfest on July 23rd at Philly Improv Theater's second stage. 4.30, Sunday afternoon, the incredible shrinking Matt and Jackie are my guests. Tickets are available at myfirstsketch.com slash July 23. My First Sketch is a Philly Sketchfest production. You can find out more information at phillysketchfest.com or on Twitter at phlsketchfest. Also, for more information about comedy in Philly, head to watercooler.com. The music on this episode is by the band Nono, which you can check out at nonoband.com. .bandcamp.com and like my first sketch on Facebook. This is Josh Hyam. Thanks for listening. Go see some comedy. <laughs>